Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. Very special day for us because we have been in the last 12 years in what Jeff Mannion metaphorically describes as the land between. Can you relate to the land between? It's, uh, it's wandering in the desert. <laughs> You've, uh, you're, you're having very same routines over and over again. Nothing's changing. <laughs> yeah, you're, it's manna for breakfast. It's manna for dinner. And it's quail occasionally. That's it. <laughs> same diet. <laughs> not enough leaders. Not enough workers. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of grumbling. Mumbling is what they call murmuring. <laughs> For years, that's where we've been, <laughs> right there in the middle. It's called the land between, <laughs> where you don't feel like you're making progress as much as you'd like. Uh, you're waiting on a promise. Uh, the Hebrews waited on a promise for 40 years. Uh, in fact, it, it got the land between became so egregious to the Hebrews that this was their thinking. <laughs> We're going to talk about our thinking this morning. Their thinking was, God, you brought us out of Egypt just to let us die out here. (laughs) They kept saying that over and over again. God, you brought us out of Egypt just for us to die out here. (laughs) You ever ever find yourself communicating with God that way? You you brought us out here. There was no real direction. (laughs) This was a a real farce. (laughs) They kept saying, God, you brought us out here just to let us die out here. You know what God said? God said, (laughs) that wasn't my plan. But you keep saying it in such an annoying way. I think it's a great idea. (laughs) And so they all died (laughs) in the desert. (laughs) Thanks for coming. It's just great to have you this morning. You're dismissed. Just kidding. And ironically, that's where the Hebrews were. That's where many of us have been that have called Adventure their home for 12 years. 655 Sundays right here. This is our last Sunday here at Adventure. At the bend. This is it. Yeah. Uh, The Hebrews Hebrews lost a whole generation in that desert that was designed. Deserts are designed to make us humble. They're designed to grow us in maturity. They're designed to grow us in faith. So that when God brings bigger challenges our direction, bigger challenges than a lack of water, bigger challenges than a lack of food. When he brings in the parasites, the Canaanites, the termites into our lives, that we're ready for them. We have to grow in faith. And so now at Adventure, we are leaving the land in between. We we shared this message, I think about four years ago, maybe five. And now we're going to cross. We're going to cross our Jordan. Can I see that next image? We're going to cross our Jordan River for us. Uh, Our first permanent church home that uh, many of our leadership have been working on just nonstop for a month. I can't wait until you, I can't wait to see you in there because it, the building has taken on a total transformation inside Uh, We are, like the Hebrews, we're inheriting something that was built by uh, somebody else. Tim Buntain, actually, son-in-law to Buzz Oates. We are inheriting a building that is already built out. The architect told me, this needs very little. (laughs) It's as much like a church as any building I've ever seen. 
And yet, we're, we've, we're moving in, and we're moving into a very clean, fresh facility that we've been working on. Can't wait to see you in there, because this is, this is your moment. Uh, for those of you that call Adventure your home, this is your, God's gift to you, and your gift to our community. We're already getting requests to use the facility. This is our moment uh, to start growing in our faith. We're going to cross this Jordan. This week, at the close of second service, you'll see a rider truck out there on the east parking lot that's ready to load with all our gear. All this stuff is going, and it's going to be permanently placed in our new sanctuary. It's, uh, and it's a one-story building. <laughs> no more handicap ramp, ramps, David. You just get to wheel right in now. No more, no more unworking ramps. Everyone gets to just walk in smoothly. Yeah. Uh, we're also responsible for the heat. If it goes out, we can't blame anybody anymore. <laughs> this is our, our moment. Life is a lot like this, isn't it? There's a season of life where you're in the land in between. And as you grow in faith, in humility, and in character, you get to cross Jordans. You get to experience bigger problems. And what I want to argue this morning is that Joshua, who's the leader of the Hebrews at this time in Joshua 3, he's a foreshadowing character of Jesus himself. Uh, Their names actually are derived from the same Hebrew word, Yeshua. Uh, Their names both uh, are mean, uh, he who saves. And here Joshua's leading the Jews, in the same way that Jesus leads us. And Jesus told us that uh, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life. Leaving the land in between and crossing the Jordan is like following Jesus, who promised life to the full. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life. Jesus promised land, promised life to the full. And life to the full, as I'm going to share with you this morning, is a lot like is described in Joshua 3. If you brought your Bibles, open them up, or a smartphone, Google Joshua 3. And you're going to see that a full, complete life in Jesus Christ is a life that's led by the Spirit. Uh, Jesus promised a full life led by the Spirit. Jesus promised a full life of bigger problems, (laughs) helping you face increasingly bigger problems. And they're staggered out. And then finally, Jesus promised that he would go with us. And as you're going to see from this narrative, that he would work upstream. He'll work ahead, just like he did in Mary's life. We talked about a few weeks ago when she saved that perfume for three plus years, at least a salary's worth of perfume that was by God's design going to be anointing his son Jesus. Let me read from you, for you, uh, Joshua 3. And let's look at how we're to inherit this promised life. The Hebrews are inheriting a promised land. We are inheriting a promised life. People, they, they're everything. You, even though we're moving to a new building, you, you matter. The people that will come there, they matter way more than the building. Yesterday, I had a chance to be with our drummer. You noticed he was missing today. He had some heart problems yesterday. And uh, in the middle of the move, I had a chance to get over and be with him at Kaiser Morris. And he said, Scott, you're right in the middle of a move. 
means the world that you're here. And I said, Russ, you matter more than any building we're moving into. People matter more than this gorgeous facility we're getting. (laughs) We've learned that in 12 years. People matter more than anything in God's economy. And so it's an honor to be here. And he's doing much better. He wanted me to tell you he's doing much better. He's at Sutter, uh, Sutter Roseville now, and uh, has an angiogram planned for tomorrow. He gave us permission and encouraged us to share this with you. Keep in your prayers. Russ Merritt, been our drummer for about seven plus years, maybe, maybe as much as ten. Joshua 3, here it is. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. (laughs) What was it about them? They had never, what? Been this way before. You know the Lord's leading you often when you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the, of the Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. <laughs> it's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of neighbors. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. God is trying to grow the faith of the Hebrews. They're ready now. They, there's a humility about them. They've learned that disobedience results, sin results in consequences. It creates more problems. Life gets more dysfunctional. Honoring God, fearing God, following Him with all your might is where it's at. There are promises there. And so uh, this life to the full that I believe Jesus gives 
is available to us when we live spirit-led lives. Spirit-led lives. Spirit-led lives are what give us this life to the full. Jesus promised life to the full by the Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know Him as. He's a person. He's part of what we call the Trinity. And it is this life in the Spirit that is clearly seen here by, metaphorically by the Ark of the Covenant. Now, you're, for those of you like me that were raised in the 80s, the last time you saw the Ark of the Covenant, it was in Hangar 51, in a warehouse box at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Seemed like it was over then, didn't it? But you remember that beautiful Ark uh, that, is, that was featured in the film with the seraphim angel wings on top and uh, the... Uh, the seat of mercy in the middle. The ark was not to be touched. It was to be revered. It metaphorically illustrated the presence of God. And it was to be revered. You weren't to touch it. If you t- touched it, you would die. As some experienced, uh, the high priest himself, who was the, uh, the Franklin Graham of the uh, 14th century, uh, he was only to go in the presence of the ark once a year. And uh, if he got the wrong year, they tied a rope to his feet so that when he died, they can pull him out and uh, begin his retirement program for his family. I mean, his, his pension program. It, it was a very uh, glorious piece of furniture. Um, I have no idea where it is to this day. Some people, I've seen some of the documentaries. Yeah, don't have an opinion. But what I do have an opinion on is where it is spiritually now. The Ark of the Covenant, spiritually, is right here now. It's in us. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, that very Spirit that hovered over the Ark, the presence of God, now lives in you. And living a Spirit-led life means learning to listen to the direction of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your mind every day. And to follow Him. To let Him lead you in everyday matters. Uh, to let the Spirit of Jesus uh, give you the mind of Christ and lead you constantly. There's several ways uh, that this happens. How do you do it might be uh, your question. Uh, I will tell you that you first acknowledge that the Spirit of Jesus, if you're a Christ follower, He lives in you. Uh, that you are a, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You're full of the Holy Spirit. The moment you place your trust in what Christ did on the cross for you, maybe that's a decision you make today. Uh, We also know, verse 5, Joshua exhorted the people, consecrate yourselves, for today the Lord will do amazing things. Uh, The word consecrate means to uh, set aside uh, your busyness and focus your mind on godly things. Uh, It means to set your mind on Christ. It means to set your mind on God. And I've got to tell you, I, I can relate to those of you that work 12-hour days and are stretched. Uh, you're, it takes a lot of work to set my mind at ease, to calm down. I've got to shut down completely. I have a gift of that, actually, my wife would tell you, of just shutting down completely. I need it. I need it more than I know. I've become a Downton Abbey fan somehow in the last few months. I've got the, I've got the bug. It relaxes my mind. But more than anything, what really relaxes my mind is 
is time in the Word. The words of God. Joshua himself said in this portion of chapter 3, he said, Come and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Having a few minutes of each day cut out to think about God's Word and let it, let it control my mind is so essential to my growth. And I would add, especially for our work culture, that we've got to have time where the TV's off, where it's just chill time, and we listen to the Lord, and we speak to Him. And when you're getting your mind fixed on Jesus, when you're focusing on Him, you, you talk to Him, and you say, Lord, you give me direction as it relates to my work, as it relates to my relationships, as it relates to my health. Speak to me. He's the great physician, you know. You, you speak to me, and you just listen. And what you'll find is that the Holy Spirit will impress consistently the same thoughts and patterns on your mind. And you can share them with a friend, a spouse. They'll harmonize with the Word. They'll harmonize with the trajectory God's been doing in your life. They'll harmonize with what a mentor or a, a spiritual leader would tell you. And then you know. I'm experiencing Ark of the Covenant-like direction from God. That's spirit-led living. That's what it means to follow Christ, is to enjoy the leadership of His Spirit. Spirit-led living promises life to the full. Uh, secondly, we learned that, uh, that Jesus promised life to the full by giving us bigger problems. <laughs> bigger problems. The Hebrews are going to cross the Jordan and the reason they're crossing the Jordan is so that they're going to get to see how God answers this prayer, crossing the Jordan, so that they won't shrink back when they see the bigger problems that are coming. <laughs> uh, and I, I raised, I, I, I married into a Southern family. There's little compassion in Southerners. Are any of you Southerners? Yeah. We, we want to keep you out of compassion ministry. Uh, <laughs> In, it, I, I'm being a little sarcastic, Mike. I'm glad you're the only one that raised your hand. Uh, my, uh, my mother-in-law, I was talking to her last fall, and I was just kind of stressed out. And she's been a pastor's wife for 50 years. She was a missionary wife to Russia for 14 years. And uh, she's married to a tough personality, much like my wife is. And I was just talking to her on the phone. I adore my mother-in-law, Miss Marilyn. And I just said, she said, how's it going? I said, man, it's been tough. She said, I've heard that before. And I felt so stung by that. Oh, I was like, am I whining? I didn't ask her. I didn't dare ask her. <laughs> I was like, oh, my word, she's telling me to toughen up. I was like, so let me tell you something. I told her when I saw her in person, I said, I appreciated you telling me that so much. <laughs> Because bigger problems really are coming. <laughs> My wife sometimes, if I'm having a really hard time, she'll, she did just last, last uh, year, I had a tough night. She put her hand on my wrist and said, you're going to be okay. And it was just condescending enough that I didn't ever want compassion again. <laughs> Here's the deal. I think God makes women tougher than men in a lot of ways. Jesus, yeah, we got, oh, that's a rare amen from a woman. Good. <laughs> Jesus is not afraid to bring bigger problems into your life. What did the, his contemporaries say? With many trials and tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of heaven. Huh. It's tough. And 
it's true here in this Jordan crossing. Joshua says that, uh, come and listen to the words, consecrate your minds with the mind of God. This is how you're going to know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all these ites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Hivites. This is how you're going to know. He's going to solve this initial problem of you crossing the Jordan River at flood stage so you'll have confidence about the problems that are coming up ahead. And so you might wonder, why is this such a tough crossing for me? It's to toughen your faith so you'll have the same increasing faith muscles to face the next problems that are coming. So that's either a downer for you today or you're like, bring, bring them. Because I want to enjoy life to the full, life to the full, the abundant life that the thief, the devil, doesn't take away. Jesus promised life to the full, life to the full being led by the Spirit, life to the full of bigger problems. The bigger the problem, I say, the more glory God gets. See, if the problem is something I can manage and strategically map quest through, then I get all the glory. When God shows up, he gets all the glory. And that's what happens here. <clears throat> the Jordan River is at full harvest. Look at this uh, beautiful image of the Jordan at full harvest. <clears throat> it's full, and you've got to keep in mind, these Hebrews have no aquatic background. There's no you know, Jerusalem swim team. There's no, uh, there's, there's, they're not swimmers. They've been, remember where they've been? Can we see that again? You are here, Nate, at the beginning. <clears throat> look, at the, look at the water opportunities there in the desert. Okay? God's bringing them to somewhere, as Joshua enunciated, they've never been before. How many of you are in a season of life right now where you've never been there before? Anybody? Never been here before? Yeah. It's exciting. It's, it potentially is the full life. And you have an opportunity to see how God is going to work upstream. In this narrative, as soon as the priests put their feet into the water, the leaders have to do this. They've got to step out first. I shared with you that our leaders did. Here, our staff and leaders committed in the next year $30,000 over and above our regular giving to help us build this building out, to help uh, build back our emergency fund uh, of dollars we had to spend to get in. We need that. We need that of our leaders. It's expectant of us. Uh, these leaders step out into the water, into water that they're rushing at a level they haven't seen. Maybe they've only heard about it from their uh, ancestors. And uh, this is what happens. Verse 15, the Jordan is at flood stage during harvest. As soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap a distance away at a, call, at a city called Adam. God was working upstream, way upstream for this moment when he knew, by his foreknowledge, the Levitical priests would step into the water. I shared with you a few weeks ago, God worked in Mary's life. She was saving perfume, which amounted, accumulated to an amount of a salary's worth of perfume. She was saving it, unbeknownst to her, to anoint Jesus' head. She didn't know. That was why she was saving it. God is working in our lives. He's working up ahead of our own lives 
to open doors for us. This building that we're moving into, the lease ended on it in, on May 1st of 2015. Just three or four months before we would start talking to them. God was working ahead for us. He's working ahead for you. I was wondering in my own head, what was happening in the Dom that day? All this water accumulating. And uh, this is just my, my ADD mind. This is immediately what I thought of. I want to show you this surfing video. This is actually my, my these are my cousins, J.J. Uh, Wessel and his wife Natalie, who have actually broken the world's record for surfing the longest wave. They surfed this wave for 29 kilometers up in Quebec. It's the result of a water dam that creates this occasionally. Can we see this, Nate? It's a two-hour surf trip. And I cannot help but think that in a dom, maybe they weren't surfing. Thank you, Nate. But they were having a good time because something crazy was happening up in their hometown, 19 miles north of, of, uh, of this crossing of the Jordan. Here's the deal. Jesus promised life to the full when we follow the Spirit. Jesus promised life to the full when we're willing to face bigger problems. Jesus promised life to the, life to the full when we trust him to work upstream. He's got a plan that's ahead of us. The thief comes to only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Imagine hearing the Spirit daily in the most holy place of God, right here in your heart, having direction constantly. Imagine the victory the Lord wants to give you over your immediate problems so that you will have the faith to face bigger problems. Imagine what the Lord is up to in your life upstream. Imagine the saving of lives that will take place as a result of your faith, your faithful willingness to follow the Spirit, to face bigger problems, and enjoy the surprise of the Lord working upstream. Folks, surprise. We're moving into something we didn't build. We're getting a gift from God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us know And distinguish when your spirit is leading us and poking us. And trying to to adjust our navigation to follow the steps of Jesus. Help us hear from him. Help us set aside the downtime. Oh, just a little quiet to hear from you. In your word, in prayer. Help Help us see problems as opportunities to handle bigger challenges that are coming. And finally, help us realize that you're working upstream. You're ahead of us. And we can put our trust in your ability to problem solve bigger than our own. 